Welcome to episode 15 of The Conscious Cut, where we keep it real about sustainability in life and style, bringing you our point of view as women of color every first Wednesday of the month. We are your hosts, Jalisa and Nee. Our special guest today is Misa Pedroso. Misa is a California native who came to the Tacoma area in 99. And only later in life did she discover that she really loved all aspects of healing and then translated and interpreted from that perspective as an art. She recently graduated from University of Washington, which helped solidify all of her interests in literature, culture, and the arts. And as a skilled energy practitioner, she founded Harmonics 253 to address the holistic body, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Her intention is to craft one's own path to healing. And as a woman and minority-owned business, she proudly embodies the dreams her ancestors set forth to create community and raise awareness and importance of using our own folk, modern, and innate wisdom unique to our ancestries to reclaim the trust that is required for our bodies to heal themselves. Wow. Thank you, Misa, for being with us today. Before we start off, could you, do you mind identifying your cultural identity and pronouns with the conscious group? Sure. I'm Filipino and Korean. I got some Japanese in my ancestry too, but that's how I mainly identify as Filipino and Korean. Thank you so much to Lisa and me <laughs> for inviting me on. I wanted to mention University of Washington was my undergraduate degree. That was awesome, but my blood, sweat, and tears was my master's at Bastyr. So that was pretty profound time in my life. I wanted to let you guys know I am she, her pronouns, and I am currently in, you know, the greater Duwamish area. Thank you. Appreciate that. And Misha, we just met today, but I'll be honest, I have a lot of nervous and anxiousness today, but it seems a lot more so since the pandemic. And I feel it too, like energetically with other people. And Jalisa and I have talked about this actually earlier today. Have either of you noticed or felt that? Maybe it's just me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the, the energy all around not only has that a little bit of anxiety or that unrootedness, but it also is in result a lack of connection or a disconnection, a disjointedness between our communities and each other. Right. This mask mandate thing will be coming off on March 21st of 2022, according to the recent announcement from Jay Inslee. But if you think about it, we've been kind of, you know, traumatized in this world of fear for the greater part of two years. So we don't know the future implications of where everything is going to go. But I think what we need to start with is identifying where the source of this said global anxiety on a micro level and a macro level interacts with our fields and certainly interacts within the community and the people that we are around. So I definitely have felt it. I mean, that's part of my work during the pandemic, right, is making sense out of the chaos. But this is kind of evolutionary biology, so to speak. It's biology learning onto itself and adapting in different ways. And I think we're all just kind of in this big container experiencing that at once. 
Yeah. And just to have you here today is like perfect timing because just as you said, I've had so many conversations just discussing like what we're feeling and what I'm getting from others. It's a tough time for many of us. And I've learned that that type of energy, like you said, doesn't always bode well for us when we're pursuing our passions, especially when we're trying to juggle like obligations like school, family work, and just life in general. And I recently came across um, an Instagram post this week that says something along the same lines. Like if in order for you to function at your highest level, you need to meet your full self, your full you. And that means cultivating a state of calm, right? A state of calm. And that means just what you digest, what you bring in, food, this and that. And otherwise, you just need to be in a calm state. So when you're not your best self and you're always in a state of worry, that can be debilitating. And I've had issues with it. I'm currently experiencing it right now. It leads to a whole host of like blockage with ideas and you can't articulate your thoughts and all of this. So for those experiencing a blockage in creativity or motivation, can you describe how your work helps? Yeah. So I I do believe that there are archetypical energies out there. So regardless of what industry we're in, we're still going to be feeling the conscious collective and sort of that underpinning of of what what is really going on, right? So even though you guys are stylists and I am an energy practitioner and an acupuncturist, certainly we have within our own sphere of the people that we deal with, you know, we can identify patterns of quote blockages or creative blocks or that inability to fully connect our mind and our heart. I guess the way that I would answer that question is to really break it down into three major energy centers, in addition to using the Vedic's idea of uh, chakra systems. So energy exists regardless if we agree to it or not. And what I mean by that is that we're all alive, we're all living, and we all have agreed to the construct of time and space being in in this body. So we are divine beings hosted in these really dense human bodies. That being said, we have seven main energy centers or vortices, um, wheels, if you will, and that translates to chakra. And there's seven main ones that are innervated within our spine and that were discovered just merely through observation a few thousand years ago. What this means is there are correspondencies on each level of our spine that corresponds not only to our organ systems, but also to emotions and also to just certain feelings that we have throughout the day. And these things shift and these change all the time. So when we are experiencing something like a creative block that would be housed mostly in our sacral chakra, which is about a two-fingered breadth lower than our belly button. And it's in the girdle of our pelvis, and it is responsible for our creative force energy, our reproductive energy, our sexuality, and our sensuality. So when we start to take ourselves out of a space where we are the only ones affected, 
by the stimuli around us and we actually put ourselves in the perspective of the environment around us and how it affects our being, then we're able to really kind of key in and identify to your earlier point, me, about what aspects of consumption we are allowing to build in stagnation or toxicity within our system, both energetic and physical. Everything that is perceived on an energetic level corresponds to the physicality of its expression. So what I mean by that is we might be experiencing writer's block. Sure. Okay, I'm a writer and I can't figure out what the heck I would need to write, even though I have time, space and opportunity. Two things have to be married to one another, both the motivation and the confidence to doing the task, right? Sometimes we feel motivated and sometimes we just like don't feel confident at all. These two things have to be in tandem working together in order to have sort of an activation process happen. And when we are able to harness this creative force energy in our sacral region, we're able to tap in to a universal life force energy that we all have within us in order to take a spark out of divinity, out of our divinity, out of our connection with what is higher for us to bring that immaterial into the material world. So sometimes creative block, be it writing or, you know, with creating as far as like styling, maybe those creative blocks are a result of the relay system from our connection to our divinity and our actual selves here. So it's kind of a roundabout answer, a long answer, but I just wanted to show that there's a lot of different aspects that can affect our mental space as well as our physical space, right? So it's the media that we consume. It's the people who we actually allow in our sphere to touch us. It's the foods that we allow to nourish us and really researching where, where it came from if we didn't grow it ourselves. You know, just overall, the affirmations and everything that we bring into our sphere and where where those ideologies come from. So that's more or less like a spiritual form of understanding our world around us. So I hope that kind of answers your question. Yeah, no, that no, it makes total sense because you have to have that connection, right? If I were to get personal, it's been hard for me lately and just hearing it from you. You know, everything is is connected. Like we're connected to the earth, to the soil. We, all of that is just, but sometimes you just get so stuck in what you're doing that you just, you forget that connection. And then you have to think about ways how you can reconnect yeah, I was just going to say for the listeners out there, you know, sometimes in this conversation, maybe they're thinking, how do I reconnect? How do I open up? How do I do any of that? And it's really as simple as just trying to create stillness for yourself to really listen to that inner voice and that inner guidance of what it is that you truly need, right? I think we know what we want in life at times. Oh, I'm, I'm hungry and I want this, or I really want this job, or I really want to be able to create beauty wherever I go, right? But it's oftentimes what we overlook, the things that we need. I think the most difficult truth that we have to sit with. So it's kind of like understanding the root of where those desires come from and how best to 
gain that connection in whatever form to create it into reality. Well, let me go ahead and quit this job because I need to quit this job. <laughs> Get that, girl. Be in alignment. But we all, I mean, I'm, I'm an advocate of saying, look, like you still need money to do what you need to do, right? But it until your passion becomes the thing that can fully support you, I think that we still have to have one foot practically on the earth as well in terms of our basic needs. So let me tag on to what you said, Nee. You asked a question of whether or not we all feel some sort of anxiety or nervousness or nervousness, excuse me, throughout the pandemic. And I totally relate to that. But for me, it's more where you where you have the kind of inner blockage with the creativity and the motivation. For me, it, it showed up more on the outer, which I know those two things kind of reflect one another. But I was working in a job that was kind of blocking my ability to be creative and to be motivated and to do all of the things that I really, like Misa was saying, is my nature, is my divine right being here on this on this earth. So, Misa, my question for you, well, actually, before I ask you the question, I just wanted to line that up with kind of something that's been happening that I've been noticing that has been happening and that I've been a part of something called the great resignation. And I have been seeing a lot of articles bouncing back and forth about all the statistics. And it seems that 4.5 million people voluntarily left their positions in November 2021. That is a lot of people. So to me, that means going back to what you were saying, me, that we're, we're all feeling that and we're all ready to fully tap into our creativity, our motivation, and the things that really light us up. So, Misa, the many conversations that I've had with you about this topic, you're probably tired of hearing it, but I I went back and forth so many times trying to figure out what would be the best path or what would be the best way for me to transition out of what I was doing to be doing more conscious and soul-fulfilling work like this podcast that I created last year with me that, you, that you're here with us on. So getting straight to my question, how can we easily access abundance in our life in order to manifest our dreams? So alignment, fulfilling of dreams. And, you know, when I, when I think of this question, I'm sorry, I'm a Libra. I'm like, I have a stellium of Libra. So a lot of my communication is like super airy. So you'll just have to bear with me. Don't apologize for that. I am an air sign too. Okay. So I know just bring me back, bring me back to the point. You're going to have, I might have to ask you to circle back and like run that back again. Cause you know, my mind's kind of going everywhere right now with this question in terms of alignment. So let me start off by saying that being in the United States and being part of this nation of immigrants and us ourselves being proponents of immigrants, right, and of people of color, we have to really figure out how our original people survived in community in our homelands. And why I say that is because it is not just this concept of we are these people here in America trying to live an American dream, which, by the way, might not even be our dream. And I think that's what we're uncoupling from, is this debt model of capitalism and everything else that was 
colonized and shoved down our throats so that we could, you know, mimic and try to survive and climb the rungs of status and all of that other stuff. We have to start by redefining what our dreams are and what that means to not only us, but to our ancestors and to our lineage. I think that why I bring this up is because it's important to acknowledge that our destinies, so to speak, our personal destinies, and the reason why we were brought into this incarnation is the only thing that we should be really worried about or, or, or focus our energy on. And hear me out when I say, oftentimes people will sit here and say, you know, this job is crazy and it's not fulfilling. Yeah, because it's not in alignment with your soul's purpose. I think we take jobs in our life in order to give us practice and tools for the big work that we're supposed to be doing in this world. You know what I'm saying? So when I think about all the ways that we just grid and bared it to be in these nine to five jobs that were sucking our soul, that was against every part of our being, but it was supposed to be in alignment with this idea of what our dream was, I think we really need to step back and figure out if those expectations of this dream come from a cultural perspective, a familial perspective, or a societal perspective. And because our society is American here in the U.S., that connotes a different type of, of expectation and pressure for us besides the cultural and familial expectations that run deep within our DNA. So really, we're coming to into alignment with what people expect of us externally in, to your point, Jalisa, and our perspective and viewpoint from the inside out. What will best serve me, right? And that's why it always comes back to the question of destiny. So it's no longer, you know, when you lay your tarot spread out, is this guy good for me? You know, is this relationship supposed to be? Is this relationship with this job? Is this the best job for me? Should I, can, am I going to get this job? No, if you are a skilled diviner, then you will know that the question that you really need to be asking is, is this job in the highest alignment with my personal destiny? Ooh, come so on, I think me, sir. When we bring it back, so it, it, destiny, dream, those are all intersection points of our opportunity to create reality for ourselves. But we have to take that call to action and we have to, we have to listen. And it starts with that stillness. Yeah. Oh, gold. So then tell us how the work that you do allows us to really, oh, you said it so perfectly from the external internally and then from internally externally. How does the work that you do help us to, to do that, right? Because some for some of us who are a little more tuned in and tapped in and you know what I mean? It, it flows a little easier and we're able to ask ourselves those questions and really be like, girl, I don't know what you were doing, but this is what you should be doing. And then we just do it. But for some people, it takes a little longer or they don't know what questions to ask. And so they get stuck even more. So how, how do you show up and, and help them get unstuck? The point I want to emphasize right now is that we are our brother's keeper. So we need to come back 
to this accountability in society, and we need to build stronger communities so that our communities remain a safe space for people to come out who are seeking, who are the querents, who are not sure of their path, who don't have immediate mentorship and eldership in front of them, who might have the tools but not the direction or you know not be confident enough in that arena of support right so i just really feel like it's all of our jobs to step forward and be responsible for the upliftment of everyone's potentiality toward their highest destiny so my work involves a lot of different aspects and roles, a lot of different hats for sure. But I think the biggest role for me is to be a mirror or a sounding board and certainly a safe container and a safe space for people to eliminate the barriers that are often placed in front of them to achieving their truth and really living in their truth. First, you have to identify what your truth is, what your true essence is, and then you have to be able to have the support and the courage. It takes a tremendous amount of bravery, a tremendous amount of courage to live in your truth because so many so many forces are out there to try to detract us, distract us, and take away from our essential truth. But once people are keyed in to their essence and the change and the effect that they really are and, and the change makers that they have the potential to be, then they'll give themselves their own agency to show up in this way, right? So just as fear and negativity is infectious. And I mean, we're in a viral state right now, right? But so is love and hope and opportunity and support. That is equally as infectious. And we have to ask ourselves every time that we step up, are we going to be part of the solution? Are we going to be remaining part of the problem? Mm -hmm. And so I choose to show up in a solutions-oriented and goal-oriented way for people to devise a personalized plan for them to reach their own success, right? So it's a level of accountability and saying, hey, I see you in all your greatness. And also you're fucking up in this way. Sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on this thing, my bad. But bleeping out, you know? Like we gotta hold people accountable. And that's just what it boils down to. So we are our brother's keeper. and We're certainly in charge of our own character, our own good character. So, so basically, you do the work and the abundance will follow. I would say also, though, okay, so it is getting in connection with our truth, right? But in terms of the abundance part, I think it also requires you to really examine from what perspective and what abundance means to you, right? Because miracles flow in every day. You just got to know how to read them. Spirit talks to you all day. You just got to know how to read it. Right. And so abundance, that ability to have the endless flow, we live in a technological society. So we should be able to advance to that level to use those things to our advantage. We talked about a relay system between divinity and ourselves, right? And that relay system, I'm constantly thinking about how can we create a better relay system from our connection to spirit, right? 
And that really, for me, starts with the groundwork of connecting back in with our ancestors. So you asked about abundance, but really people want to jump to saying, you know, oh, I just channeled Isis and I just channeled Aleister Crowley and I, you know, like, sure, all of the occult wisdom. But really, what they're forgetting is their blood lineage, which is your first line of defense as it relates to this incarnation. Somewhere down the line, an ancestor of yours has done something that you are trying to do in this life. You need to petition to your ancestors, you need to get closer to them, and you need to establish a direct connection so that you can be in, co in constant commune with them and, and understand how they unlocked their flow of abundance for that bloodline. So my roundabout answer really is you have to be able to have full agency to call on all of the divine support that surrounds you, starting with your blood ancestors and working your way up through universal laws, such as the law of attraction, to be able to bring forth to you what it is that you need in your life. But really our challenge as spiritualists in the modern world, because we are of the old and we are of the new, the challenge we have is that ability to strike the balance between the spiritual work that we do and being provided for on a monetary level for all of our basic needs to be met, right? And so that that balance is always something that I think as spiritualists, we and, and people who embody spirit within their industry and in their work, we always have to be mindful of the parts that we give back and the parts that we serve. So like in my community, I do... I do free work sometimes if people really need it. I do outreach. I'll do community clinics, like acupuncture stuff for people without homes. There are many ways that you can give your gift to the world, but you still need to take care of your basic needs first. For sure. I totally agree with that and can attest to, to your work having received some acupuncture and it was absolutely amazing, shifted a ton of energy for me. So aside from that, what other tools do you use to assist people with not only accessing the endless abundance that we are all divinely connected to, but to clear the blockages like me said, or to clear... I don't know, all the all the many different challenges that we can encounter as human beings. I mean, it's as simple as breath and movement for me, because people often think that anger is a bad emotion to have. But anger is actually movement, right? It's an upward eruption of that which has been anchored or stagnant. So we have to look at how are we using our breath and how are we linking it to the movement that creates life? So it is sometimes as simple as bringing intentionality to our breath to give ourselves time to really get into our parasympathetic, our rest and digest, our diaphragmatic breathing and allow us that option at least five minutes a day. And then movement is critical to allowing the spirit within us to move and to unbind some of the blockages that might be there. And even to identify where they are in the first place. You're never going to be able to identify where it is unless you move. I guess that's my, my nutshell answer because I know I can be winded. 
No, we want your winded answer. What other tools do you use? Misa, I see a bunch of stuff in there. Don't play. What else you be using? I know. So I specialize in sound. So I have tuning forks, of course, and I have um, crystal sound bowls and everything. And there's whole science behind that. I super love it. But it's also like, you know, emotional freeing technique, EFT. There's tapping because you can teach people different acupuncture points like this one. I'm going to teach it to you guys. We're going to take two thumbs. Okay. And we're going to bring them toward the center of our chest on our sternum around nipple level, midline of our body. And we're going to just kind of dig our thumbs in there in an upward motion. So you're going to bring your thumbs towards you and dig it up. And you're going to find that really sore spot. Do you guys find it? Oh, so tender. Yeah, I'm trying not to scream in your ear. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Mine is, oh my God, my point is so trifling because it (laughs) likes to just hide right here. But this is called our sea of chi. So without movement, without breath at this particular point, we're never going to have movement. So when we're feeling emotional stagnation, we can bring our thumbs to this point, right? I'm going to invite you guys to move your thumbs up to your mind's eye or your third eye. And we're going to also place our thumbs there and and just move it lightly in a circular direction, right? Maybe cast your eyes a little bit lower towards your nose or you can close them. And let's separate our thumbs and put them at our temples. And we can also make small circles here. We could place one hand or right hand over our heart and our left hand on our womb or our belly. And we can also just take small little breaths in, you know, take a breath in. Make sure that that bottom hand sticks out with that lower belly breathing. And then we can release that breath. And we can just bring intentional space to our breath where nothing matters more than the space between the breath, between the inhale and the exhale, between the future and the past. That's where the present is. And then you guys can put your arms around your shoulders and give yourself a hug because you also need those too. So that's a little bit of the tools that you can give people to just love on themselves and be able to pass that on to those that they love. But it's a revolution if you just care enough to teach people what you know. Yeah, that mm-hmm. felt good. <laughs> <laughs> right? Thanks for sharing that with us. Of course. So from from that state, you could pretty much do do anything, no? Like once once you are fully grounded in who you are, present, relaxed, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. For sure. I, I just think that we we trick ourselves into believing that we're separate from the divine a lot, right? That we have to hold on to all these burdens and I have to do everything. And maybe that's control issues. Maybe that's ego. But the truth is, once we release all of those things, you know, it's so cliche. I It's so annoying in the in the spiritual community when people are like, oh, release what no longer serves you. Or whatever, right? And you're like, what does that actually mean? What that actually means on a practical level is don't do what you don't love. You know what I mean? Yes, 
we have to, to your point, Jalisa, like we have to be in a job to sustain us and to make money. But that doesn't mean that our horizons can't be looking out for something that might be in more alignment with what we want to do. And so we have to have those tenets of understanding of the practicality of spirituality and the embodiment of our divinity. Those things always have to be very much in balance. So like when we let go of what no longer serves us, that just means, oh, that friend that's been energy vampiring and sucking your energy away. Oh, my God. Quit that friend. Stop it. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's not helping you. Not even a little bit towards your destiny, right? We have to be willing to say no, to create boundaries that keep us safe within the confines of how we're moving. Boundaries aren't walls, they're doors in order to open and close and to inform people of how to treat you. So it's important to know that you have these agencies to your earlier point, Julissa, this is your birthright. And we have our ancestry behind us to support us, really. And then you get to different levels of spiritual beings that surround us also who who come in to support us. So it's all that. It's all of it. (laughs) Well, I think a lot of people are are feeling that and this will resonate and will help bring them into that alignment that you speak about and i'm i'm personally really excited to see what comes of it because there is just from my own experience and knowing you and knowing me and knowing as you as you mentioned misa the community of people that helped to to uplift me and help me to stay on my righteous path that when you do release the baggage, when you do remove the things that no longer serve you, when you do do that, it it feels so good and it allows so much more of the right things and the right people to come through. So, yeah, when we when we get to a year <laughs> a year from now and they're looking at the stats again of how many people have joined the Great Resignation or something else forms, I'll be really curious to see where we are collectively. Yep. I mean, I think it's our kind of goal in in ways to work for ourselves and not work for the man, I think, for those who want to live more consciously, right? And I think that we are in a time where we're redefining systems. Uh, We are reworking things in an adaptive type of way. But we always have to be conscientious that biology is evolutionary, as well as everything else that we're part of in this this earth and its cycle, right? So biology is going to evolve. Things are going to evolve. And I think as long as we stay rooted in who we are in terms of our identity and that truth, satnam for all of you kundalini yogis, we need to stay rooted in our truth. And then that's when we can continue to build stronger communities and stronger systems and really take over the world. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, for the people who, who want to join, join that revolution, how do they stay connected with you to learn more about harmonics 253 to, to live their truth, to book a session, to get to their truth? 
I am on Instagram at harmonics.253. You could text me. I'm really approachable. 253-905-5848. But identify yourself first. (laughs) (laughs) um, Email harmonics.253 at gmail.com. But really, hit up me. Hit up Jalisa. You could find the tags, all of that stuff. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And I'm always here in service. So I'm in Tacoma. Often feels like the dirty red-headed stepchild of the South. But we're really not that far away, Seattle. Okay, we're really not that far away. Yeah, you tell them. (laughs) (laughs) You're so funny. It's all love here, okay? We are promoting the entire Pacific Northwest region. I got love for the 253. Matter of fact, I used to live out there, so it's all love here. No redheaded stepchild, although we love redhead children. We do. Just as much. (laughs) I could probably talk to you ladies all day. (laughs) I just wanted to say thank you, though, for giving me an opportunity with y'all and sit with y'all on a Saturday. I wish I could be sipping tea with you, but here we are, and this is just as good. My my belly is full with this conversation. So thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you so much, Misha, and everyone for taking the time to kick back and be conscious with us. Make sure to follow The Conscious Cut on your favorite social media platform and share one thing you would like to do to become more sustainable. Then stay tuned for the next episode to find out how you can nourish your body and your community. Mark your calendars for April 6, 2022. Until then, bye, bye world. world.